questions in here. So if you're joining and you're listening, throw your question to the uh, hopper here. Uh, you can either post it with a uh, type it in, or you can put yourself in queue, and I'll I'll pull you into the queue, and and hopefully this will work with um, with the internet connection here in, in Tampa. It's so far so good. Um, John S is first in the uh, batting order tonight. He says, "I see Elvis is starting tomorrow." Does that mean the Corpy starts on Saturday? Um, so actually, before I get to this, let me get to some news and notes while we let some people pile in here. Boone Jenner did not skate today. He is sick, and his availability for Friday's game against the Avs uh, is up in the air. Uh, I think basically it depends on how he feels tomorrow, and th- that can be hard to predict. So he did not skate at all today, um, and, and the lines will adjust a- accordingly. I didn't read too much into the lines today. He was kind of flitting around the arena doing other stuff. Um, but Jenner has been playing in the second or third line capacity recently between Nyquist and Jenner or uh, Nyquist and Borchek. So obviously there's, there's going to be something to, to move around and, and worth noting Danforth is no longer around to slot in the middle. Uh, so, you know, maybe Kent Johnson gets a shot in the middle, if not on that line, on a different line. Um, so something to keep an eye on with what they do. There is a pretty interesting day at the rink today. Uh, the Blue Jackets skated. Pretty good crowd on hand uh, in, at Nokia Arena. They had practice open to the public. There was a big throng for the Avalanche at, at 3 o'clock, and, and mo- many of those people stuck around for the Blue Jackets at 4.30. Um, yeah, Blankenberg looks like he's he's getting really close, if not good to go. Um, so that's good. That could change things on the uh, on the back end as well. Um, I'm not sure who he, who he would go in for. You think maybe Yurichek takes a seat, um, but so that's kind of where they're at here. Um, this kind of goes back to John S.'s question about Elvis going Friday. He is the confirmed starter tomorrow, um, so we'll have to see what that means for Saturday. I think there's a real strong chance that Corpusalo goes. A bit of news on that this morning: Corpusalo is now the number two backup again. Uh, cleared health-wise after the hip surgery, and he is the number two. If Blankenberg is uh, ready to come back, he would be activated. The Blue Jackets would need to then designate one of their goaltenders. They couldn't keep three on the active roster. One of them, it would be Tarasov, designated for uh, emergency goaltender duty. So it is Elvis. It, we think it's going to be Corpusalo, his triumphant return from from uh, hip surgery. He spoke about that today. We'll have a story tomorrow or maybe later today, um, just about his recovery and how cool it is that his recovery ha- ha- you know, happens in uh, in his home his state, his home country. Sorry, um, he was uh, in a pretty good mood today. Um, other things. This was a really interesting thing that that the Finns were excited about. The Finnish media. Um, the city of Tampere has two teams in the Finnish Elite League. Um, and Corpusalo played for one of them, uh, Ilves, while um, Patrick Lani played for the other, uh, Tapara, T-A-P-P-A-R-A. And they both play in the same arena. It's not a huge city, 250,000 here. Um but so the Avs are in one dressing room and the Blue Jackets are in the other. Well, Line A was uh, none too pleased that he ended up in the Elvis locker room. 
because um, that's the heated heated rival of of Tampa. And the guys of Tavara, and the guys from Finland were saying the reporters were saying that Cork Basalo and and Liney never played each other uh, specifically, never went head to head in the Finnish elite league, but they both played in that rivalry and they both know how much it means. So I think Cork Basalo is having quite a bit of fun today at Elvis's expense or at uh, Jesus. At Liney's expense for being in the room. Um, okay, let's let's move that. So there's your answer, John S. And thanks for posting that. Uh, again, if you'd like to ask a question, step up into the stage queue, and uh, we'll bring you in. Uh, Gene M says D breakdowns run amok. Is Kekalainen looking internally or outside the organization for solutions? So they have looked internally. You've seen that with Blankenberg coming into the lineup with Juracek coming up uh, from Cleveland. I asked him specifically the other day, Tuesday, when the Blue Jackets practiced in Helsinki, does he just simply have to wait for his first-round draft picks, defensemen, the three they've taken the last two years? Did they just Is that the fix on the blue line? Do you just have to wait on those guys? And he basically said, yeah. Like, yeah, the answer is going to have to come from the roster, from those guys maturing into into players now that this means this year means just year check because uh, Maddie Chuck's back in junior um, Kuhlman's is in college still and I don't know that that means next year for Maddie and Kuhlman's yet Maddie could be here next year I don't know if you expect him to be a difference maker next year we shall see uh, but he talked about Kekalina did the extremely high price uh, of acquiring top four defensemen said it's almost as bad as centerman we know how hard those are to find. So he's looking. He has tried to look. He's tried to find. Um, but if you start adding fifth and sixth defensemen, you're just going to have more of the same problem. Um, I think they I think they have a defense that can play a lot better than it has. I think the entire team can play a lot better than it has. Uh, I do believe that. I'm not sure that they're not they're not deeply flawed as a roster. We've said that too, and it may take the young players becoming big time NHL players before they get out of it. Um, but he didn't sound hopeful that a trade could be had. So there's uh, maybe not the answer you're looking for, uh, Gene, but, but there it is. Uh, Barrick N says, are there more CBJ or abs fans there? Um, you know what? That's, that's hard for me to say. I've seen, a, there were a bunch of CBJ fans in Helsinki. I asked the Blue Jackets today, and they estimated that there were 200 people that came over from Columbus uh, on the trip. So, so people that the Blue Jackets know were traveling here to to support the team. That doesn't answer uh, the question of how many of these people here are Blue Jackets fans. Um, I think there are probably more Avs fans, but there are Blue Jackets fans here because of Line A for sure. Because of Kekalainen a bit as well. I know Kekalainen is a point of pride for many. Uh, in Finland, so there were plenty. I, I I gathered some pretty interesting stories today at the rink. Um, a young woman from the UK who flew here to see the Blue Jackets play. She picked them up on TV in 2015. Fell in love with the team and has supported them ever since from Manchester, UK, and took a flight to to Helsinki and to Tampere to watch these next two games. Then she's going to head back to home dreams. One day of coming to nationwide arena for a game met all kinds of Finns that are blue jackets fans. 
here. And we'll have that story for you on Friday morning before the game start. Um, so there is lots of support here. And the arena is, is um, it's a beautiful place. It looks like it's college size, though. Um, so it will be packed for sure, and it should be loud. It should be a great atmosphere uh, for these two games, 1 p.m. each day, uh, Friday, Saturday, in, in Columbus time. Um, let's see here. Joe P. says it can be hard in any sport to try to find a reason for poor defense. That's an interesting thought. I'd have to think further about that. Is it personnel? Is it the scheme? Um, and I think he might. Oh, here we go. Is it uh, personnel, experience, or a mix of everything? What's your take on the Jackets' defensive struggles? Well, you know, I, I, sometimes I think we we um, unfairly malign just the defensemen for their defensive struggles, and I don't think it's just that. I think the whole team needs to be tougher, uh, harder to score against. They need to make people pay a price more than they do. Um, but the defense just, you know, it, it is all over the map, and it has been. Uh, now, ever since Savard and Jones left, it's been really, really unsettled back there. I guess that's what you expect. I guess that's sort of the ultimate compliment for, to those two guys. Um, they still haven't replaced them, and that's not going to be easy. Um, they've been hoping that some of these young players who have at times looked promising would grow into it. Um, but that that's the kind of patience that's hard to to ask for when you're a team that's at the salary cap. Uh, and a team that keeps has been basically pushing yourself as a playoff team all summer. Um, they, you know, so much of, of defending is want to, not skill, not, I mean, all of those things work. All of those things are part of it, but it's attitude and it's desire and it's heart. And those are the things that they need to amp up here. And they're going to be tested severely Friday and Saturday by the Avalanche. Um, I think it's going to be really good for them to come to a completely different situation. Um, it's like an, it's almost like an outdoor game with just how unusual it is, the surroundings and no one has a, a benefit with that. It's not a home game for the app. Um, so, I, you know, do they have to win a game here for it to be a success? I mean, probably in a lot of people's eyes, but I, I think a lot of people just want to see this team start to play closer to its potential. Um, and certainly play to leave nothing on the ice at the end of the game. Um, and I don't think there's been enough of those games in the early going. They, they just haven't gone hard enough. Uh, could we see Corelli move up to a second line role at center with the absence of Boone Jenner? Well, I, could you? Yes. I think uh, my guess is that that would be uh, Cole Sillinger first. And maybe Corelli moves up to, to three. You know, Foodie's played a lot of center too. He could end up playing fourth line center if they're desperate to get a body in there. Uh, but I think Sillinger would be the pick ahead of Corrali to go into the second line if Jenner can't go. Uh, but we'll get more answers on that tomorrow if that's the case. Uh, Gene M says, how secure is Lars's job and who, in your opinion, were the most interesting candidates that were interviewed two off-seasons ago? Um, geez, I have to go back and look through my records. I think Larson is safe. Uh, I, I asked um, Yarmo two different ways for our Q&A the other day about how much of this falls on the coach. Uh, some of it does, for sure. I think Lars realizes that. He was asked today if he's worried about his situation, and he said, nope, not worried about it. Um, you're not going to get the truthful answer of that anyways, but I don't think that is a – I don't think that's something that people should be looking for right now. Certainly if this continues, if this team continues to, to play in a fog, why, you know, 
you can't have that. Um, but I, I didn't get that sense from, from Yarmo in any way that, that that's on his mind at present. Um, but we'll see. Uh, DER says it's difficult to play tough defense when the goalies are giving up soft goals. You know, it, this is always the, this argument seems to rage on Twitter, uh, nightly almost. And there are some people who think every goal that goes in is a bad goal, uh, especially for Elvis for some reason. Um, but you know what? It does, it does all work together. And there have been some, some bad goals, some real stinkers. And you just see a real deflation in play after that happens. You just see, especially on this team, and I think we've seen that in a couple of games, the Pittsburgh game for sure, where I think they felt like they should be up three to nothing. And they led in two pretty loose goals in the second period. And then next thing you know, it's, it's, it's a game and Pittsburgh's got life again. Those were damaging. Uh, but there have been a lot of nights where not, like, I don't think you can put the New Jersey game on Elvis. I think he battled his ass off, but saw, you know, just some unbelievable breakdowns and, and scoring chances. I mean, they, they just, I sometimes think that this team doesn't know what they're supposed to be doing defensively. Like it's too complex for them. They can't quite process it because they're, how many times in a faceoff can you just see a guy slip wide open? Especially in the offensive zone, where you're you should really be on your toes, um, and they tend to get that that player open all the time. I feel like like the uh, Browns play by play announcer Jim Donovan, who is the Browns secondary, has been so bad this year that the phrase he has said more than anything is "wide open." And I find myself saying that in the press box nationwide. They've just left people: Sidney Crosby, two-time Hart Trophy winner, five-time Mister Everything, just completely forgotten about in the right circle. And I don't think you can put that on the goalie. Um, but, you know, it all works together. The goalie stops trusting his, his defense to make sensible plays. The defense stops the, stops trusting the goalie and thinks that they have to be perfect because he's letting everything in. All of these things work together. And someone's got to have to have a hell of a game to help push the tide the other direction here. Um, but it can happen. Um, Let's see. Colin B says, I've been a fan of what Boone Jenner brings to the team, but at least in your stories, we hear a lot from Zach, Elvis, some Johnny, and even Yarmo pretty frequently. I can't remember seeing much from Boone so far, though. Not that he shouldn't be wearing the C or anything like that, but is is it a little strange that the captain hasn't gotten out in front of the team's four-star bar? Um, I would say that's less on Boone and probably more on me. Um, Boone, is, Boone is, a, is a solid dude and a meat and potatoes guy. Not the best quote in the world. Um, and I find often, um, yeah, it seems like you can't wait for it to be over with. Uh, it's just not his forte. And, and I, I don't mean that in any negative way. Um, he, he, it's, he's, he does it. He does his duty as a captain. Um, but it's not, he's not going to give much, uh, to the microphone, especially after a bad game. So there have been some games where we've talked to him and I've not quoted him. You'll have that. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's just because other players' quotes have been more vivid and more sort of, I don't know, uh, passionate. Um, it's nothing personal. I can assure you that. I've known Boone for a number of years. We get along fine. Um, it's just, yeah, I, that's the way it's worked. I think at least a couple games this season. Um, 
Johnny H says, do you think the CBJ trust each other's play? I ask because I see two and three guys in the same place trying to do the, the same job, leaving opponents wide open. Do some guys leave their own role to go help someone else's with theirs? So they play a combo man and zone defense. And I think they have a lot of trouble figuring out at what point they're supposed to switch from man to zone. And I know they're switching, they're switching to zone low in the zone. In the in the defensive zone, that's where you see guys switch off a lot. Um, but I see real confusion with what they're trying to do. And you keep thinking it's going to get better. Keep thinking that they're going to figure it out and things are going to get smoothed out. But my God, it, it, it is just. It's been a while now. I mean, and it, it was um, it was an issue last season. It's more of an issue already this season. And I, I think this surprises them because they spent all summer trying to clean it up. And if at this point, it's only gotten worse. So I'm not sure if it doesn't just, it's going to have to have a personnel change on the back before it gets, it's really cleaned up. Um, uh, but I trust is a big thing. We were just talking about that with the goalie letting in a stinker and how play gets deflated and how it works the other way as well. I, I think, I do think we've seen a lot of situations already this year where, where things go wrong and guys try to, to do things by themselves, which is, in a way, um, an aspect of not trusting each other. So, you know, I, I think we can say that. Um, let's go. So we got somebody in queue here. Let me see who's in queue. Uh, Paul B. Let me bring Paul B. in. Forty, how's it? How's Finland treating you? Oh, good, good man. And how's the connection here? Can you hear okay? Absolutely. I'm uh I'm outside of Kachokton right now. I hear you loud and clear. That's a, Is that not amazing? <laughs> You're a world away from here. <laughs> yeah, and it's not delayed either. No, yeah. that's fantastic. Well, go ahead. Hey, how's the, well, first things, how's the vibe around the team? These, uh, I've got to imagine it was a pretty quiet flight for the guys over uh, for after the New Jersey game. Are they kind of shaking it off a little bit or is it still sticking with them? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know specifically that loss. They tend to move on pretty quickly. I think they move on. <laughs> I think they move on quicker than fans do sometimes. Um, I wasn't on their plane. I had my own ride, not my own ride, but I flew on a different flight. Yep. Um, so, you know, hard to measure that. I, I don't think they had a lot of fun on that flight, though. Um, I do think that if you ever want to change the sort of the atmosphere around a team, I can't imagine there's a better way to do it to fly on the other side of the world. Kind of let your guard down a little bit and and let it let it fly. So they were off on Monday. They practiced Tuesday. And then they Wednesday they did not practice. They had a team day with a sauna. Um all kinds of fun stuff. I would think that, you know, I would think they've moved on from from the game. I like what Sean, Sean Corrales said uh, on Tuesday. Like, you can't just say you got to move on and come here and forget about it. Because yeah, they have to shoulder what they've done or not done so far through ten games. Um, yeah, you can't just say, oh well, start over again. 
think they've tried that a few times. That, that's okay after game three. Uh, you're not 10 games deep, and you've dug yourself a hole already. Um, I, I sensed a, a resolve about them. It's also tough, too, because the, the coach, I think, wants this to be a business trip. Um, but that's, you know, that's when you're off two days out of three. Um, and it's a cultural experience. It is for a lot of these guys. Some of these guys have never been to Europe before. Uh, so this is really new for them. Um, I, I think it's a great way to change the vibe. It's not the easiest opponent to try to dig out again, certainly. Yep. Uh, but I'm fascinated to see how they play Friday. Yeah, I'm excited to see it as well. I was curious about something, and maybe you can speak to this. Maybe you've noticed it, but obviously the Jackets, you know, to say they're struggling with the power play when they have a man advantage is an understatement. But I'm wondering yeah. if teams obviously see this and see the Jackets struggling with it. Does it do opponents start taking more liberties with our guys and not worrying so much about hookings and chargings and things? You know, taking penalties. Yeah. Because do they do? Do they end up doing that? Well, so or have you seen it? I think in a general sense, they do. I think in a general sense, they they know that they that they can push the envelope and and they can challenge this team physically. It's not like the old days where where, you know, you're fighting and enticing guys to fight all the time. But I think they feel like they can take the body and be really aggressive in their defending and checking. And if they end up shorthanded, it's 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 kind of worth it. Um, you know, there, there are teams where you go into it thinking you got to stay off the, the penalty kill, and mm. you can't keep them. You can't let them be on the penalty kill. So you, the emphasis is move your feet, move your feet, move your feet. I would guess against these guys, it's to get physical. It's to it's to push the envelope, uh, take it to the edge, and see see if you can get a result that way. They're over twenty five on the power play, which is just hard to believe. Um, it's going to break sometime, but I don't think team, I don't think beware the Blue Jackets power play is on the list of pregame priorities for opponents. So go after it, go go hard and check your ass off. And if you if you end up going down a skater, it's probably not the end of the world. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think you're probably right on the money with that because until they're ma- they're making teams pay for going to the box, they're not going to give a damn. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. Well, percent. Interesting, right. interesting. Well, that'll let you get running and let somebody else jump in. I was just curious about that. Yeah, well, I appreciate you and enjoy yourself. Hello to everybody in Kishok. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll see you. All right. Thanks, man. We'll go to uh Nick S. Nick, are you there? Hello, Nick. You look like you're there, Nick. Hey, Nick. Hey, Porty. Sorry, I got disconnected for a second. Uh, A quick question. In the last few days, I'm seeing a lot of uh, reports primarily coming out of Twitter, and they're associating it with Elliot Friedman, that the Blue Jackets could be in conversation, or better said, the Maple Leafs could be in conversation with the Blue Jackets about Gabrikoff. And uh, maybe a, a trade, uh, and then we've seen the name Nylander also included in this. Are you hearing anything uh, to this um, on this particular topic? I have not heard that specifically from anybody that I would trust, knowing that something like that's been discussed. Um, 
I think the Gavrikov choice is interesting because he's an he's a UFA. I mean, I, I can't tell you, a, and I, I don't pretend to know what the rumors say is coming back, but that is a massive hole in the backside of the Blue Jackets defense if Gavrikov goes. And now I think you're looking for three top four dimensions to. So it's possible the Blue Jackets have, like, so far the conversations with Gavrikov's people about an extension have not gone particularly well. It's not a big deal because he's not UFA until this coming summer. Um, but I, I, I don't sense at this point um, an eminent deal at all. So that's, you would consider that. Listen, they'd have to give to her to get Nylander because Nylander is a, is a special player. So Gavrikov being part of it makes sense. Um, I'm just not sure this team has the has the ability or the to possibly give up more from their defense to help their forwards. Um, I mean that seems that seems a little risky to me. Again, I don't know what people think are is coming back, but who in the world plays on the second pair if uh, Gavrikov gets traded? Yeah, I, I, I clearly hear you there. Um, it would clearly decimate the team for this year and, and really put pressure yeah. on figuring out, you know, where, where are we going to get defensemen? Because all the guys we have are still developing, and who knows whether they will develop into an NHL defenseman. Right. I mean, that's – yeah, you need them now. And, you know, a, a team with Line 8, Gaudreau, um, these guys should be able to to produce. Uh, Roslevic's an offensive player. Uh, Ken Johnson's going to be a superb player. I don't know that they need more offense on this team. They need more of everything right now. But I think I think defending better should be the priority. Thanks, Morty. Have a great time. Right, there. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. Okay, let's see. We'll cut off here. Um, John S. Are you pick? John S. says, "Are you picking up a different vibe from the players since arriving in Finland, or has the anger of the last couple of games carried over?" Uh, yeah, I, you know what? I, I think a um, a sauna and a couple of long drinks probably chills you out pretty good. Um, I don't think they're obsessed with how that game Sunday in New Jersey went. I think they've moved on already. I do. Um, but I do think there's some concern, real concern about this season. Can they get it back together again? They 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 have to turn it around very quickly. Uh, Philip W says, "How are the chicken wings?" Philip, I wish I knew. And frankly, I wish I knew right now because I'm starving. It's seven thirty-five. Um, I'm kind of out here in the boonies in Tampere, and I'm not sure we're going to get food delivery out here. So you've made me even hungrier, Philip. I hope you're happy. Um, sounds great. We may end up with that for dinner tonight. Um, I'll let you know. I'll get back to you on that one. Uh, Chad E says, a lot of folks asking about Lars's job, but with the PP and the defensive struggles, how hot are the seats of the assistants? Using a football comparison, how often do teams generally use the old fire the offensive defensive coordinator reaction? You know, it's, it's not very often, especially mid-season. Um, and, yeah, I, I I mean, I don't think that is is a concern or a, a possibility either. I think Pascal Vincent could end up being the next coach of this team. Uh, he's in charge of the power play. I mean, 
listen, the power play is atrocious. The defense has been leaky to be kind. Uh, the overall performance of the team, though, they just haven't competed hard enough. Um, and that that's not, you know, a view from the press box. That's the players and the coaches saying it. Hasn't been hard enough to play the Blue Jackets this season. That's something you always knew about the Blue Jackets. These, these That four-year span when they won the playoffs, they had some skill at times for sure. But you always knew you had a game coming. Um, they were always very tough defensively. This team just doesn't make you pay a price. And, I mean, if you want to – I watched the Cleveland Monsters game in Syracuse when, when uh, Corpusalo came back. And I saw a player lay a hand on Corpusalo in the slot, maybe whack at his, at his glove in the crease, sorry, a couple times. And Carson Meyer put that kid in a headlock and threw him to the ice, and all hell broke loose. Um, in Columbus, you're not seeing that. Like, where's the fire? I, I, I sometimes wonder about this team. If the skilled players didn't look at Gaudreau and see line A and think, okay, we're good. Yeah, this is, you know, not much is expected of us this year. These guys got it. And on the other side, I wonder about Good Branson and Olivier. These guys, you know, these guys are tough. These are the tough guys they brought in this summer. Do some of the guys that used to go 300 miles an hour, not fighting, but just really hard to play against, did they take a deep breath and think, okay, we got some toughness here now. I don't need to be quite that guy anymore. And it doesn't take too many people thinking like that before you lose your edge as a team. They just don't have any bite right now. There's no, there's no, um, there's no snarl to their game. There's no matter of factness to it. There's, there's no just, precise decision-making. It's all like, they all look lost in, in fog land. Um, anyways, um, O and A, I think I might know who this is. Let me take a drink and punt. Why did the front office pay $4 million for four years on a third pair of defensemen who doesn't play defense well? Who? I wonder, is Owen A referring to? Um, Eric Branson, listen, I think, feel like I've taken up the uh, the role of Good Branson protector here, or defender anyways. And is he playing well? He is not playing well. Is the entire team playing well? They're not playing well. Good Branson needs to be a third pairing defenseman protected. He needs to make uh, neutral zone or defensive zone starts. He needs to be on the penalty kill and get his minutes that way. Um, you gotta, you have to put him in the right spot and he can be, I think, a real positive part of your hockey team. Look at his role in Calgary last year. That's really the best argument for him. Now, is that guaranteed that he can just completely reproduce that here of course it isn't and so far he hasn't it doesn't look great nobody looks great right now um i think good branson can be a real benefit to this team but i think his play's got to change i think a lot of people's play has to change so that the pressure's taken off him um that's what i would say it's pricey it's a lot and but they they 
studied this team and, and obviously watched this team with a very close eye last year, and they came away from it. I, I think a lot of people thought this was just me saying it um, or just us in the media saying it. It wasn't. They felt they needed to get tougher. They felt that was their biggest impediment on the back end. And there's really not much of – there's nobody tougher than Good Branson. Uh, but we just haven't seen that yet. And that's that's on him and that that's on the team as well. Um, I think he can change. Um, we'll go about 20 more minutes here. Mac H says, I think you hit the nail on the head, if you understood correctly, with regard to the toughness issue being a team issue as well as a defensive unit specifically. Does CBJ objectively play a less physical game than the rest of the NHL? If so, is this something that can be improved by coaching or team mindset? Or is it ultimately a problem that only personnel changes can solve? From my amateur perspective, the hardest hitting guy on the team, sadly, is one of the smallest, Blankenberg. And he might be paying the price for playing a big boy style of play in a smaller body. Um, you know, I think I don't think it's I don't think it's two guys ratcheting it ratcheting it up a hundred percent. I think it's it's ten, twelve guys ratcheting it up ten percent. Um, I think that's what you're looking at. I think it can change because, I mean, ask yourself, have you seen it before? And I thought we saw it last year. Uh, I think we saw it last year. I think these guys can can do it. And there were times last year where where they weren't great defensively. Uh, but then a couple games after that, they would start battling their asses off again. Um, the battle lover's got battle lover has got to be better. Um, and I, again, it's not just me saying this. This seems to be the conclusion that the team has reached. And I think they're right. And I'm not sure if it can start Friday. I don't think you just snap your fingers and turn it on. But they have to be a tougher team to play against. Um, Mac H says, I have never been comfortable with Gabby's call me celebration. Okay. If I knew what he meant by that, I guess I... Could decide if I were offended or not. Uh, Philip W. says, well, Marchenko has slowed down a bit. Bemstrom has continued to light up in Cleveland and is second in the league in points right now. How soon until he or someone else called up, it gets called up to push this roster a little more? Well, here's the thing. I don't want to be too negative about Emil Bemstrom, but I am not really that concerned with what he does in the AHL record and the AHL ranks, but I'm not convinced that he's going to come up here and push things forward. I just don't think he has that. He has not shown himself to have that in him so far in the NHL. So um, I think Marchenko, there's some stuff they want Marchenko to work on. They won't specify, obviously Um, the kid can score. He has slowed down, but he's also played some really good games that I've watched. Um, so I don't think he's, I don't think he's down there forever. I think, you know, as long as they continue to lose up here, there's going to be people wondering why Marchenko's not getting a shot to help them. Um, I think we'll see him eventually, but I think where he's at right now is okay too. I think that's, it's, it's a development, development league. Um, let's see. This is from Robert. B. Robert B. says, if Vincent is in charge of the power play, why on earth would he be a candidate for the head coaching job? Have we already done that experiment? Well, again, they don't pick a head coaching candidate just based on the special teams percentage. Um, 
we've seen that, as you know, Brad Larson getting the job. Um, listen, I, I, I point out daily, nightly, how bad the, the power play is when it's this bad. It's only fair. It's only true. It's only what's really happening. But I have to think, don't I? Am I crazy? Have I not learned that at some point with this array of talent, they're going to figure it out and start scoring some power play goals? Maybe they get one here in Finland. We'll see. Um, I don't. I don't think that I would. Yeah, I don't know. Is it Pascal Vincent's fault? Uh, the GM's got to make that call. I mean, but but listen, they they've got a guy to bring it up. Morensky can skate it up the ice. Gaudreau can skate it up the ice. They've got shooters. They've got everything they need to have a good power play. Uh, keep working at it. Keep getting there. Um, I don't know why it's not working. I, I, it's it's a mystery to me. Um, yeah, I, I Vin, Pascal Minson is very highly thought of. That's the only reason I mentioned his name. Damn near got the Winnipeg job this year. There's obviously a lot of criticism going around about individual efforts, but is there someone on the team who you think has surpassed expectations before so far, not counting Blackenberg? Um, boy. <sighs> I would say no. I think that's I think that's your answer. I don't think anyone's surpassed expectations. I think they've had some guys play to them. But I really don't think anyone's really due to be lauded too heavily right now. Jacob K says, at what point does Larson and the coaching staff get on the hot seat? If a few players were not doing well, it would be one thing, but when the entire team is playing terrible, it has to be a coaching problem. Um, I mean, it's got to be in the mind of the general manager, and it's where they're at. I, Ten games is a little early for me, um, but can't wait too long either so um is he on the hot seat i think his seat's probably toastier now than it's ever been this is kind of the first big challenge of his coaching career um it'll be interesting to see how he how he handles it and pulls out of it um because they are digging themselves quite a hole um let's see re gabby Call me your better yet my agent. I am looking for a bigger contract. Making a joke here, says Mac H. Yeah, I don't think Avergov's making a joke. I think he wants to paid. Um, but yeah, the ball, the call me doesn't really do much for me. Uh, what's been your favorite food and drinks there? Um, well, I've not had reindeer yet on this trip. Had it on the last one. What did I have that was that was fantastic? I mean, long drink is is wonderful. My wife had a. Uh, red or pink grapefruit long drink that she really liked. I didn't much care for that one, but the regular long drink is it's different here than it is back home, but it's really, really good. Um, food wise, boy, I mean, the cinnamon rolls here are amazing. Sweden's the same way. Amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, I went to a great place called Cafe Regatta. Got a cinnamon roll, had a little hot chocolate. Fantastic. Um, yeah, we've been to a couple of nice spots. Um, not done the reindeer this time, but it's kind of everywhere. Um, so 
yeah, I'll get back to you on that one. I've not had any reindeer, I've not had any bear meat, I've not uh, truly stretched it out here. Um, last time I was here, I had some delicacies from Yarmulkeke Linen's family bakery, which was spectacular. Most of it. Some of it was a little, you know, fishy, um, but really enjoyed it. Um, so there you go. All right. I think that's kind of the uh, seems to be the, the crux of the questions. I'd like to thank everybody for weighing in. We went 47 minutes. That's pretty good. I'd like to thank you all for your questions. Um, by all means, feel free to step up on the queue there. I think sometimes it works better when we have a conversation. Um, so next time, give that a consideration. It's, uh, it's pretty good. Um, I'm glad you could hear me. Glad this worked out. And hope you're enjoying the coverage from, from Tampere. We'll have a story up here shortly on Jonas Corpusalo looking like he might play this weekend. And we're going to write a story about all of the Finnish people who are just delighted to have uh, their favorite NHL team to come to them rather than having them stay up till 2 in the morning uh, for face-off. Um, so there you have it. Thanks for listening to this week's Front and Nationwide Live Room. And we will talk to you quite soon uh, next time back in Columbus. All right, take care.